It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All right, like the banter era at Manchester United, we are back again. All right, maybe maybe not, but still, big dikes over the weekend for the Red Devils, who just like cannot stop getting blasted by Liverpool for some reason. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the great Paul Carr. This is the, the Ringer Gambling Show. I'm Steve Cerruti. Uh, Paul, I mean, the, one, of the, one of the unluckiest bets of all time. I loved your both teams to score in this game, the over two and a half. We got seven goals, and we didn't hit the bet. We didn't get the both teams to score. Wow. Oh, goodness. I mean, I guess we were right about United not being in the title race, but Correct. come on, Rash- Rashford couldn't finish that one-on-one. Just, just a you know consolation goal. That was the, that was the game made for a consolation goal, and nothing. I figured once it was four 0 I'm like, oh, we're we're guaranteed right. to get a, a dumb right. goal here. That because you know it's oh, yeah. Liverpool will just turn off their defense isn't great anyway, and then it just it's like all right, it's five, six, seven. I'm like, what are we doing right now? I, that, and then then they gave up, and there was no point in even. Right. I was like, all right, this is doomed. Right. Which is just one of those ones where you're going to have to take the L, and it is what it, that's gambling, folks. I don't have to tell you. It is sometimes yeah. you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you win bets that you shouldn't. Sometimes you it's the other way around. It is what it is. But I, I feel like we also, Paul, owe an apology to our producer Stefan Anderson, who mm-hmm. after last pod we were like, hey, you know, we you got to pick a team. Like, what do you like? Any any team stand out to you? And we kind of talked him into why this was the right time to get on the Man United bandwagon <laughs> right after right. they won a trophy. Yeah. And yeah. this was the first game that Stefan got to experience. So apologies, Stefan. That, is, uh, that, was not, that was our bad. We'll just take the L on that one, too. No, he's, he's ready to experience the full run of soccer emotions now. Just got a trophy, lost 7-0. What more can you ask for? I got a good question for you. We'll get to all this stuff from over right. the weekend. I got a question for you about kind of what, what, what do you think that game meant more? Or what was the bigger deal? Like, was it Liverpool 
are they kind of back or was United their frauds? So I'll ask you that in a little bit. Okay. Um, we're going to get to the Champions League second leg of the uh, the group stage here, the round of 16, I should say, uh, back on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Couple good, um, couple good matchups there, including Neymar out for PSG. I'm going to explain to you why I don't think that's that big of a deal. And I have a whole <laughs> Neymar thing I want to run through you. Um, I'm not an anti, I'm not an anti Neymar guy. I just, I just don't think it, it really matters that much. And uh, as always, we'll close it out with our best bets every week. But uh, Paul, first, I want to start with man, Arsenal. I, t- I tell yeah. you what, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm sitting there. It's two nil. I'm again. I have a, a, one of my best buddies is an Arsenal fan. I'm just sitting there going like, "Yikes! This is how like, you guys are going to lose to Bournemouth. You're going to drop mm-hmm. points against Bournemouth. Like this is." And it had kind of been trending that way for a few weeks, Paul. Like they, mm-hmm. I think that this is what the third time they've scored in the 90th minute or later to win yep. a game this season, which is by far obviously the most in in the league. I tweeted out like, "This is the ultimate team of destiny." I just think now I was kind of like skeptical. Now I'm like, I just think that like God is on their side or whatever. Some, some higher being is now right. on their side. Um, do you look at it that way? Or are you like, they're starting to see, we're starting to see some cracks, especially in the defense here. So a couple things. First, I'll give you a stat. So yeah, three 90th minute winners this season for Arsenal. In their previous 224 games, they had three 90th minute winners. So that's how wild this is for them. Um, so I, I have kind of two feelings about this. There's kind of the emotional side of, team of destiny they've got the mental fortitude gutsy whatever sense of a team that is destined to win a title uh, which you know, there's something to that and the other side is just this mathematical sense look they're just getting points you know they are they have eight wins and one loss in games decided by exactly one goal and only three draws uh, so that's the difference in winning a title man city has three wins and four losses in one goal games and they have four draws like the team that tends whether it's running hot whether it's you know something some sort of skill the team that wins these one goal games you know city went 10 and 2 in one goal games last year uh while liverpool went 7 and 2 and had eight draws that was pretty much the difference in the title city won by a point um a couple years ago liverpool's 14 and 1 in one goal games leicester was 14 and 2 in one goal games when they won the title like that's the difference is pulling these you know get three points when it should be one uh or get one point when it should be zero that's the difference in the race right now and if arsenal can you know, they don't even have to keep doing this. They just kind of have to hold serve the rest of the season, and they're in great shape. They still, as we, we've talked about multiple times, they still have to go to City. They have to go to Anfield as well. Now, you know, who knows? Like, I, you know, I, some, I still don't think we, we know for sure what you're getting when you play Liverpool. It could be terrifying. It could not be. Like, right. I've seen different results from them. So they're, I'm not saying it's like, an, you know, it's a tough game, but it's not maybe the tough game that it was the, the last couple of years, unless you think they're rounding into form. Man, I got to tell you, I, there, I, again, there's two ways to go on this. It's either you think that it's kind of smoke and mirrors at this point, or you think that this is like a really well drilled cool. side right. that just believes. And I, I'm, I'm, I think I was skeptical early on. I'm like, I just don't look at this team on paper and think that they're the best team in the league. And now I've kind of gone to the other side, and I'm just like, I think that they just there. It's a it's a lot of young guys who I don't think really know better, mixed with a couple of veterans who obviously kind of like round the squad out together. You know, Saka, Martinelli, like obviously um, Trussard is that like false nine has been playing unbelievably well in Jesus's absence, who's, by the way, probably coming back soon. And we'll see. That'll be interesting right. to see how they kind of integrate him back into the squad. Um, Sinchenko has been a fantastic, fantastic signing at left back, a guy that they took from City, which I would assume City wish they could have a do over on that one because it might have yeah. kind of tipped the way that they play. I mean, it allows them essentially to play that they want to play perfectly. And I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of I'm. I think I've got two feet on the Arsenal bandwagon. I kind of feel like they'll pull it off. The only thing I will say, it, it's to me, it's going to come down to can they get a result at City? That's it. Like I think, I think it's as simple as that. If they lose to City, I think they probably lose the title. Even though there is still a five point gap, yeah. I, I, I think that kind of momentum, that deflation, if they do lose that game, is probably going to be enough for them to not win it. 
But man, I was on them. I, I picked, you know, Arsenal to, to, to get a result at home. I was wrong about that. But I'm just, I, I'm just done betting against this team. I just, I just think that they, I just think there's something weirdly special about them. And it is kind of cool. Like I'm kind of coming around to the fact that like, I think it would be really cool. Obviously we saw Liverpool a couple years ago, Leicester obviously many, many years ago. Um, I think it would really be cool for a team to kind of come out of nowhere like they have. Not, I mean, they're still Arsenal. It's still a pretty right. amazing team. But to kind of come out of, you know, their banter era, so to speak, and win a title after all these years. Yeah, I think, if, and if I'm an Arsenal fan or whatever, rooting for them, optimistically, like, they can get better. Like, look, on the whole, I think City has been better this year, but Arsenal has a five-point lead. Um, Arsenal can improve. You mentioned Jesus coming back. Can they get more out of that number nine spot? Can he shore everything up a little bit more? You know, can the midfield get healthy? Like, there's room to improve here. This is not, I don't feel like this is an Arsenal team at its peak just waiting to fall off. I feel like they've got a little bit of higher level of play to go to, which uh, makes me pretty optimistic. I mean, again, it's a five-point lead. There's a better team chasing you. you got to go to City. This is not in the bag by any stretch, but they are a slight favorite right now and justifiably so. Shouts out to any of you that hopped on the uh, Arsenal money line when they were down to nothing. I mean, I did not, but good for you. That'd probably be fantastic. I don't even have the number in front of me, but I'm sure it was, uh, who knows? Well, I mean, it's, it's like the Warriors sometimes back in the day when they would get down double digits and you're like, yeah, I, yeah they're going to come back. You know, like you knew that they were going to at least get a goal. And once they got the one goal, I'm like, oh no, here we go. Yep. So, hey, it's absolutely fantastic. Speaking of, uh, speaking of fantastic, man, let's get to the Liverpool United game. Sheesh. So I think... There's two things. There's two ways to look at this, and I want to. I want you to tell me which one you think is is like the more telling truth. I guess after what happened, do you think that this is like the scary Liverpool being back, or do you think that United? We probably maybe I, you know we talked about them not being in the title race last week. I don't think we are too too high on United, but we still were like, hey, this is an awesome team. Get on the bandwagon. As we as we apologized to Stefan earlier, which one do you think? Do you think it's like Liverpool are now like kind of the scary Liverpool again, or United were kind of frauds? Uh, can I choose none of the above? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you don't, have to, you don't have to give me a hot take. Yeah, look, I mean, it, let's just look at the expected goals here. Liverpool had 2.7 expected goals. They scored seven goals. Um, in layman's terms, they just finished everything. You know, this happens. There's games like this every year, especially for your better teams. Just, everything goes in the net. <laughs> Usually uh, happens when Liverpool play United, too, recently. Yeah, it seems like it. Seriously. You know, what was um, it, 9 nothing on aggregate last year? And obviously 7-0 yeah, now. Ridiculous. Yeah. Times. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think... This clearly moves Liverpool into the favorite for that number four spot or for a Champions League spot. More accurately, I think they're slightly better than even money or slightly worse than even money now. Uh, so yeah, they're clearly, they're three points back Tottenham. They have a game in hand. So they're, they're clearly back in the top four race. That's the biggest takeaway to me. It's like they are now the front runner for this top four spot. And they really haven't been that since, I don't know what, before the World Cup, I think. Uh, United was due to regress a little bit. They really hadn't played much of anybody during this win streak. They did beat City, and they did. Uh, they had a couple decent games, but they racked up a lot of points, as they should, as one of the top four teams should against lesser teams. Uh, this was just like an extreme example of kind of where we thought both teams might be. So I'm, I'm not going to get too wrapped up about it. I did. I was interested by where Gakpo was playing, kind of a, in that Firmino role. Uh, mm-hmm. with a drawn striker spot. I thought that's pretty interesting because I, I wasn't quite sure where he fit into this team because he's kind of a weird positionless sort of player uh, based on what I've seen so far. So that was maybe the most interesting from a tactical standpoint. Uh, other than that, not a ton of real takeaways from this contest. Yeah, I mean, you know, do, do you... I, I was texting you about this a little bit after. I don't I don't think De Gea was... I mean, he had like a, one of the worst ratings of the season. I'm not sure like he was at fault. Obviously, seven is a ridiculous number. Right. I don't think he played well. I thought that last Firmino goal was terrible. I think you could argue about the second Gakpo goal. But for me, like this is just like a separate tangent. 
I have no idea how they bring De Gea back. I just, I just yeah. don't. He's on a ton of money. He's, I think he is maybe he's in the top, maybe five highest paid players. I know he was one like somewhat recently. Uh, players in the Premier League. Um, I think he's kind of like the old school type of goalkeeper. He doesn't. He's a decent shot stopper, but he's still prone to mistakes. And I also think he can't play with his feet. And I just think he he, he like tends to have games like this. So I think he like set the Manchester United record for most clean sheets recently as well. Like it's not like he's bad or anything, but I just. I think this has to be the last year of Dave of David De Gea at, at Manchester United. I think the only issue is kind of what you referenced. Is he making too much money that they can't get rid of him or dump him on anybody? And yeah, he's a guy who's known for his shot stopping. And he had a few really good years from a shot stopping standpoint. But he's been basically average over the last five years as far as the kinds of saves that he's making and things like that. And there's a there's a fun stat for you. So he, in the last two seasons, almost two seasons of the Premier League, he's faced 1,104 crosses. That's the fifth most crosses in the league. And, you know, I always get on him for not coming off his line. He's only claimed, like, caught out of the air, 18 of those crosses, <laughs> which is ranks 24th in the league. So he's faced the fifth most crosses, and he has the 24th most as far as claiming them. Uh, that's just kind of your microcosm. And, you know, in a, a modern game, you know, he's not great with his feet in the sense of a, an, an Aderson or an Allison or something. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit. A little bit past his prime. I think he's still, you know, he can still play for a while. Maybe there's a late career revival if he mixes things up. I don't know. But yeah, it seems, I feel like with keepers, especially, the team gets to a point where just almost emotionally and from a trust standpoint, you kind of have to move on. And it feels like United's about there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dean Henderson still, still, still lurking out there. Who knows? I mean, he was supposed to kind of come in and take the job, like, didn't really do it. Again, I'm not blaming this entire thing on De Gea. It's just like an observation I've had over the whole season. I just, I just think he's kind of average. I just think he is. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think the United is sort of turning a page to this new era, uh, Ten Hag era. And they brought in some guys who I think are clearly, you know, the next, this next generation of the team. And I just think De Gea is the old guard. I think yeah. they, he's one of those guys that it's, it's not quite the Ronaldo situation, but I just think you got to move some, you got to move, try, at least try to move him out. But you're right. The contract situation, like there's very few clubs in the world that could probably pay him what he's being paid. Yep. You know, it, it would probably make sense for him to go back to Spain. The one thing I always think of, I love a good revisionist history. Uh, and I was thinking. Remember the remember the missed facts from uh, from Real yes. Madrid. What was that like? Maybe five or so years yeah. ago at the deadline. Yeah, the facts didn't go in. He was going to go to Real Madrid. Think about the domino effect of that. Where you know he would have obviously went to Real Madrid. Who knows what United would have done? Maybe they buy yeah. Allison or they buy. Maybe um, they get Courtois. Who knows? Courtois exactly. And you know, does that impact? Like, obviously, Real won a couple more Champions League after that. Yeah. Like, does De Gea's career completely change? Does Real's fortunes completely change? What happens to United? Do they kind of turn things around as they get one of these big, you know, big payer, big earners off their books? I just, I, I look back at that and I go, it's just wild that a fax machine denied it's like that massive transfer. I don't even remember. It was probably five or so years ago now. Still using fax machines, right? What year is this? Come who on. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going on? It's wild stuff. But, uh, yeah, oh, no, I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm still, I would still be bullish on United Future. I, I think yeah. Ten Hog, you know, I, that game was absolutely got out of hand. And, right. You know, it, it, just is, it is what it is. It's one of those, I, you know, it happens at any sport. You know, sometimes you just lose an NBA game by 30. And it's just, you know, ah, whatever. Yeah. You get, you, you sometimes get back it's almost at it. easier, I think. You know, you can shake it off or whatever. I can go all the way back to like my high school days. And I know you get blitzed in a basketball game. You're like, whatever, they were better than we were. We, we had the flu. It was just one of those things. You can shake it off a lot more easily than, you know, losing a one-point game where you had 15 things you could have done right to win it. The problem is it's, it's, it's what it comes against your arch rival. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it feels Liverpool. worse for sure. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, I'm still, if I'm still, I would still be buying United stock for the future. So this is this, I'm with you. I think, I think it, I think it probably says more 
about Liverpool because we were both kind of confident they're going to finish top four. I still think that I wouldn't bet on it because I don't think the odds are good enough as we talked yeah. about. But I think I, I I'm not really that worried if I'm if I'm a United fan. Yeah, so Stefan, you can sleep easy at night. Watch the next game. It should be it gets it gets better after this. I promise. Yeah, just don't order a De Gea jersey. That's all. Correct. Correct. Um. All right. Let's get to the Champions League stuff here. This is what everybody's waiting for. We have the round of 16 second leg beginning on Tuesday. Recording this on a Monday night. I'm going to go in order here. Um. Let's go Chelsea BBB first. They first off, BVB have won eleven straight games. That kind of snuck up on me. I didn't yeah. really haven't lost in the new year. I, you know, I, I, they're right up there in the Bundesliga um, mm-hmm. title race. I mean, with obviously Bayern and a couple other clubs are kind of in the mix there as well. Uh, we got a big Der Klassiker coming up, and you know, I think most people like the the books still heavily favor obviously Bayern to yeah. to take the title home, and I think they will. I, again, I don't have any like necessarily tips or betting you know input on that, but is it? I'm gonna tell you, Paul. I kind of, I kind of like Chelsea here. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I don't know if you're. I'm gonna give you the table, but I'm. I, I want you to maybe. Prote- I want to hear what you have to say before I tell you why I like Chelsea. I mean, I don't know how I could trust Chelsea. Like, here's fair. The, I guess totally here's fair. The, here's the, <laughs> that, that's the super short version. Uh, the slightly longer version is we know Dortmund's in better form. We expect them to score at least one goal, and then Chelsea needs a couple of goals, and they haven't done that. And the, they haven't scored two goals in any of the last twelve games. So, I mean, really, it's just kind of the root of what the Chelsea problem has been all season. Where are the goals coming from? They still don't have a nine. Mm-hmm. Nobody's finishing anything. I think Dortmund will get a goal, and I don't think Chelsea can get two. That's kind of the. That's basically why I lean Dortmund in this game. Hey, they scored over the weekend, Paul. One nil. Just saying. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. Baby, baby steps. One baby goal. steps. <laughs> yeah. uh, go ahead. I, I, I say I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. They might get a goal. I don't think they can get two. I think Dortmund gets one. I think that's going to be enough to go through. You know, Dortmund could just come out flying too if they decide best offense is a, or best defense is a good offense. You know, look out. I, don't, I just don't see how Chelsea can slow them down enough and also get a cup goal or two themselves. So everything you said is is hundred percent true and valid. This is kind <laughs> of a this is kind of a zag take from your right, boy. I want to hear it. And okay, the first game. It was an up and down. Ma- it was an up and down match. Like I think both teams had chances. Yeah, it finished one nil. It was obviously low. I think were you on the under? I think you were on the under, right? Uh, I think maybe we both were on the under. Who knows? Yeah, um, uh, no, I, I don't remember. That was a long time ago. But either way, like that game was not a one nil. Chelsea, right. it's it's. But here's the thing: it's like Chelsea. How many chances are, are they going to create? Like you could talk about like, oh, look at their xG, you know, and we they don't have a striker. Like Kai Havertz is still the guy up front, and to, so to to act like they're going to start finishing chances probably is a stupid, stupid take by me. But I just look at that and I go, they're coming back home. BVB is not the kind of team that's going to sit back either. I mean, this right. is a team that attacks. Like they're not going to sit. They, they, this isn't one team that's going to try to grind out a nil-nil. Like they're going to yeah. they're going to leave some gaps open at the back. They might score themselves. So I think there's going to be chances for Chelsea to score. I think you know they're coming off of a win. I'm not saying like a one nothing win uh, is is now going to like you know overturn their entire season. They're going to start like you know scoring two, three, four, five goals left and right here. But I do think Chelsea, like, here's the thing. They're, um, what are they at? I, I, to advance, just to advance in general, not just to win the game, but to advance, they're plus 120. So you're right. They'd have to probably two, score two goals or get to 1-0 and win in penalties. I don't hate that at all. The bet that I really like in this game, though, Paul, I like both teams to score in over 2.5. That's plus 118. Again, I think you're right. I think BVB score. Um, but I also think Chelsea score, and that means I just got to get one more goal. So it's either 2-1, one, one way money. or the other. I think that I'd actually... We'll get to that maybe later in my best bets. That is probably the way I would play this game. I got your scenario. Our boy, Christian Pulisic, is going to come off the bench because he's in the squad. Uh, Graham Potter said today, comes off the bench, scores two goals. Chelsea goes through for you. How about that? I would take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would take that in a heartbeat. I mean, I think they should. They could use him. You know, yeah. he talked about how he's ready to go. I think, you know, yeah. he's fresh legs. The problem is, like, they've got a million guys like Pulisic that come off the bench. So who knows? Right. Like, is, how much of great form is he in? 
I would love to see it. But this should be a fun game to watch. I mean, the first game, again, was 1-0. And I think that, you know, people probably are like looking at this going, oh, this is being a grinded out game. I just, I don't see it that way. Both these teams, I mean, it's not like Chelsea, like they just, they get into positions. They've got exciting players. Obviously, Felix seems to be kind of rounding into form. As we talked about Havers, you know, Mudrick has been pretty electric. You know, I know he hasn't been finishing necessarily, but he's been electric. I just think, at some point, this is going to overturn itself. Like, you know, you can't just keep taking the under. I mean, we, I've, I've made money taking the under on most Chelsea games. I had it last week. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think this is the game that turns around. I think it's the perfect opponent at home for this to turn around for them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, broadly speaking, Chelsea's non-shot expected goals have been a lot higher than their shot base, which, I mean, they tend to be that way anyway. But basically, they're getting a good spot. There's not always creating shots off of it. Um, so, I mean, there's a case. Yeah, and Dortmund plays open. So, it's a possibility. I wouldn't rule it out. I just have zero faith in Chelsea right now. That's fair. This is probably a fool's errand by me, but we'll take it. Just so you guys know, too, um, in the match itself, again, these are this is within 90 minutes, and there is no away goal factor like there has been in the past, right. uh, Paul. So, um, you know, you reminded me of that rightfully, obviously. So, Chelsea minus 120, the tie is plus 270, and Dortmund uh, to win is plus 320. To qualify for the next round, Chelsea plus 118, Dortmund is minus 144. So, again, I, I kind of like, I don't know. I kind of like Chelsea. If you're going to take them, just take them to advance. I kind of like that. Hmm. but I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't sound like I can't convince you there. So no. let's move on to the next one. The other game, well, I don't have a ton on this one, but Benfica, Bruges, 2-0 Benfica. I have really no play whatsoever in this. It would be much more interesting if this game was in Bruges. It's not. It's at Benfica. I, I probably think Benfica cruises to maybe a, a small victory or it's a draw or something. I don't think there are a lot of fireworks in this one at all. Bruges has actually been quite bad since Scott Parker yeah. took over. So this is no play for me, but I, you know, I probably won't even watch a ton because I'll probably be watching the other game, to be honest with you. But no play here for me, Paul. I mean, Bruges lost 3-0 this weekend to a relegation-threatened team. And not Sunday, awesome. I think. That's not, that's not great. Um, yeah, I don't see how you can really go with Bruges. The only thing I can think of a Bruges' favorite, like they went to Porto and won 4-0 in the group stage somehow yep. after getting smoked by Porto at home. So, I mean, I guess there's some something. That's about all I could cling to if I'm a Bruges fan. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. It would have been much more fun if Bruce could have somehow like, you know, yeah. worked out a, a nil-nil draw or a one-one or something going back. I don't know. I just it's not interesting to me at this point. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to what are two really, really fascinating games. And I think 
the you know probably two different games, different stylistically uh, games coming up here. These are the two Wednesday Wednesday games. Let's start with uh, Bayern versus PSG. And before we get into the actual game itself, the news came out today that Neymar is out for the season. He had ankling, uh, ankle ligament injuries in the Lille game in mid-February. Basically hasn't been back since then. And he's going to you know, basically be out for the rest of the season in the next couple months. And, and that'll be it. I was talking to you before this, Paul. I actually don't think this is a huge deal for PSG. Because if you look at their team and the way they've been set up and the issues that they've had, especially in big games, uh, Champions League games specifically, that front three of Messi, Neymar, uh, and Mbappe is it kind of just doesn't really work. I mean, it works, it works in the French league because you got a lot of teams that just they're just gonna out talent and you don't necessarily have to work as hard. And, you know, those front three don't have to really press a ton, they don't have to track back on defense, and it doesn't leave as much pressure on the other teams. When PSG do play big teams, though, the work rate of those three guys not being there, I just think it really hurts them. So when you actually get forced to choose only two of them and add maybe an extra guy in the midfield, an extra guy out wide who's going to work a little bit harder for the rest of the team, I actually kind of like this PSG team a little bit better. I don't, is that is that is that kind of where you're at? Or you think I'm crazy? I mean, not crazy with this version of Neymar. Like if we had healthy Neymar, that's different. I, mean, I thought it was pretty clear in the the first leg. You know, the only time PSG was threatening was once. Mbappe came in and he, he finally brought Huge. them speed. Neymar does not have that speed and that pace anymore that he has had most because of injuries. Maybe he gets back close someday, but he's not there right now. He's so been yeah. better as more of an attacking midfielder, to be right. honest with you. Then he has yeah, like a shout winger, a, winger. Yeah. It always kind of felt like he was a winger jammed into the 10 spot. And now it mm-hmm. seems like he's almost better in that 10 spot than he was before. Um, so yeah, I don't think they'll miss him too much. I mean, you, know, you, you miss a talented guy, but I don't think it changes a whole lot for this game specifically, or maybe the rest of the season for PSG. Again, before we get into our picks on this, I want to run through. So if you remember, 220 million euro fee from Barcelona summer of 2017. I'd argue (laughs) that hasn't really worked out uh, for for either side. I think I don't think PSG are going, hey, that was a great investment by us. I don't think Neymar is going to sit there and say, hey, this was a great thing for my career leaving Barcelona, you know, trying to get the spotlight more, but then having to play with Messi again, the guy that you were trying to get out of the spotlight comes and joins PSG. Yeah. On top of that, Nate, uh, uh, Mbappe comes to PSG as well and becomes arguably the best young player in the world and sort of overshadows Neymar. So I, I, it's, it's been kind of a weird sort of run for Neymar here recently. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, I don't want to play an exercise. I just told you before how much I love revisionist history. <laughs> Could you imagine if he did stay at Barcelona and kind of all the, the tentacles that would have changed, the ripple effects that that would sort of have for the rest of, I guess, the world in soccer. Obviously, you see Barcelona probably still have Messi because they're, they're, they probably don't go through the financial issues that they had buying all these guys trying to fill Neymar's spot. I mean, if you looked at it, they bought Coutinho for what was it, like 140 million euros. They bought Dembele, uh, it, uh, who was at BVB, right? One year at BVB, and then they spent an enormous amount of money on him as well. Both guys kind of flopped. And this is, again, one of the reasons that they sort of got into financial trouble. Speaking of Coutinho, Liverpool sell him in the winter of 2018. You could argue that basically won them the EPL and the, the Champions League title because they signed Virgil van Dijk that winter and then Alice in the summer after. Basically, the pieces that took them over the top. And then if you look at PSG, you can maybe say that, like, Neymar, did he allow them to attract Mbappe to the team? Right. Maybe. Like, that that's the one, that's the one, like, I guess, saving grace is that, like, does, does Mbappe want to go there if they don't already have, like, a, you know, world-class player Neymar? Um, and ready to go. So I just I think the tentacles of this are so fascinating. But man, I look back and I go, could this potentially be the end of Neymar at PSG? Like, are we going to see him in a, in a PSG jersey next year? There was some interest from Chelsea this summer. There's right. probably going to be interest from other teams. I don't know. Like, I just I'm just thinking out loud, pal. No, I think we're a couple of things. One, transfer wise, I yeah, 
where is he going to go is the question. Like England's about the only place that I would think could pay a transfer fee and or his wages. Some of those top English clubs. Um, yeah, Chelsea needs another winger, right? So they could just add him to the mix. Yeah, throw him in there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, the tentacle thing, I'm interested, you know, with Mbappe, so if Barcelona does all that and they're playing better, like does Mbappe, does Real Madrid then really want Mbappe and mm-hmm. s- signed him one of these, you know, many seasons that they were rumored to be going after him? Uh, yeah, and does he want to go? Like it seems like that would be logical. He could get the money, he could, uh, you know, be with a better team. Uh, it, yeah, it could have changed a whole lot of things. That just was one, I mean, one big difference. But yeah, it would have been pretty interesting to see how everything would have fallen differently. Yeah. And again, this is Barcelona ever since that happened. They just kind of lost their minds and they they spent all this money and then having to sell different parts of their team to basically stay afloat and buy the roster they have now. It's an absolute mess. But if I had to tell you, if I had to give you, because there's been a lot of messy to the MLS rumors, Paul, there's been a lot of messy to to Inter Miami. I mean, I know the MLS folk that are like adamant that this is not over. He's not just going to sign with PSG, like that Inter Miami is definitely still in play. I guess if I had to give you one or the other, like, do you think Neymar or Messi still play for PSG next year? Uh, I'd say Neymar stays. Neymar stays, Messi leaves? Yeah. I think you know, Messi a little bit older, you know, ready for a different challenge of sorts. It's, can see the writing on the wall. MLS distinct possibility for him, I think, for this next season. So I would say, if I had to say somebody stays, I'd say it's Neymar. I think I'd probably agree with you just because, yeah, you're right. What is the, what exactly is the market for Neymar? But it'll be interesting to see this summer. I don't know. Like it's just, you know, there were rumors that they were, you know, like I guess I said 220 million euros that he originally went for. They were talking about maybe 50, 60 million euros selling him for. Probably taking a pretty big L on that one. Um, yeah. All right, let's move to the actual matchup with, with Bayern Munich. As we mentioned before, Bayern 1-0 win in Paris in the first leg, coming back uh, home to Munich. Bayern are minus 125. The draw is plus 340, and PSG is plus 270. Paul, I, before I give you my lean, where are we at here? I mean, Mbappe's healthy. That's pretty much the only thing I see in PSG's favor here is they're going to have you know, 90 minutes, maybe more of Mbappe. Aside from that, I feel like you know Bayern on the flip side has Mane back. You know, he mm-hmm. may start. He's come off the bench a couple of Bundesliga games. So he may start, which gives them another weapon. PSG's pushing forward. Uh, that's a, a guy you can have go at that stretched back line. So that's a, a good thing for Bayern. Um, I have a hard time seeing it, it looking a lot different than than most of the first game when Bayern was kind of in control. Uh, I'll be interested to see just how much they kind of, not park the bus, but get a little bit more conservative if they do. You know, something just to keep Mbappe from running into space. That's kind of the big the question tactically for me is uh, what will Bayern do to stop what happened over that last half hour when you know, Mbappe scored and he was offside by someone was offside on the play by a fraction of an inch. Yep. Uh, so, you know, that's what Bayern's got to stop. Just don't give Mbappe space. And I'll be curious to see how they do that. No Benjamin Pavard in this one, by the way, which is <laughs> could have some massive implications for trying to, defend, to try to defend uh, one killing Mbappe. I got to say, Paul, both of us are on Bayern, I think, in the first matchup. I had the double chance, um, yep. but I also had the over one and a half and that offside absolutely killed me. You <laughs> did have Bayern straight up. So kudos yeah. to you. I'm going to be on the opposite here. I'm going to actually be on PSG double chance and the over half a goal. Mm. So that that itself, that parlay is plus 108. If you want to go over a goal and a half, it's plus 130. Listen, PSG are going to have to push the tempo. And as you mentioned, like I think that last 30 minutes when Mbappe came on in the first matchup was a completely different game. And PSG could have got something from that match if he was fully healthy playing a 90 minutes there. Um, as I mentioned before, I think I'm not worried about the no, the no Neymar effect at all. I think, you know, I do, and I also don't really trust PSG's defense to keep a clean sheet. As you mentioned, Sadio Mane's back, but that's why I think I think there could be goals. But I do think PSG, they're going to be in this. I could see this being a draw very easily. I could see this going to extra time. Um, as, as, as we mentioned, no away goals. So 
We'll get to it in my best bets a little bit later, but I, I'm kind of on the PSG double chance here, Paul. Yeah. I lean Bayern in this, to be honest. I think it's maybe it's uh, just a history of PSG kind of underachieving in Champions League. Yep. Uh, not coming through. I'm so. zagging this week, Paul. All these, yeah. uh, there's all these trends that are here that are out there that are completely valid. And for some reason, I'm going, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm yeah. going to be the contrarian yeah. here. Yeah. So I, I lean Bayern. I do think, like, you can get them at like minus 125, I think you said, to win. If this were yep. a regular game, you know, throwing out the implications of, uh, the second leg, it, it'd be more like minus 150 for Bayern. So I think, you know, you can kind of talk yourself into some value on that. Uh, I don't think it's going to be one of my best, me- best bets, but, you know, just simple, better team, better teams at home. Uh, plenty of guys who can hurt you on the counter as when money's back, plenty of other weapons as PSG pushes forward. And that defense isn't all that great for PSG anyway. So I, I lean Bayern in this, but it's probably not going to be one of my best bets. I'm not a huge, uh, fan of anytime goal scores. I don't typically bet them, but I got to be honest, you're looking at Mbappe to score first at plus 500 and then anytime goal score plus 145. As I mentioned, no Pavard. I I, kind of like that. 145 is not terrible for arguably the most electric player in the world to score a goal in a game that they absolutely need to score in. Yeah. Uh, You know, no. So as I mentioned, Pavard's out. So that's, Cancelo's maybe defending him is a daily blend. It's like nothing is exciting there. Like if you're a PSG fan, you're just like licking your chops, going, "Let's see, let's see our guy get get at him." So I don't know. Like I, I, I that's again, I'm not a big anytime goal scorer guy. I rarely ever do it. Uh, but this is maybe the chance that I will actually hop on that. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, he had what two, three pretty good chances in half an hour in yep. the first leg. Figure he can get at least that. You'd like to think in the second leg, playing two, three times as many minutes. So it's not terrible. So you see a low scoring Bayern. Result basically, uh, it feels a lot like a one nil, two one type of Bayern win to me. It's yeah. kind of the way I go. It, it does, yeah. Can they keep? I don't know if they can keep PSG off the score sheet, but I'm not sure PSG can slow Bayern down either. I was gonna say, are you gonna nibble PSG 22 to one to win it all? I it doesn't yeah. sound like you're confident at all on that, but not, not <laughs> interested. No, I'd rather take Benfica to win it all than, than PSG right now. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I will also not be on that, but I just want to throw it out there. Just saying, <laughs> I thought it was an interesting price. Not not too often you can get PSG to win the Champions League with 22 to one, only nope. down a goal, but nope, uh, that Bayern is a different animal. So yeah, yeah. very interesting. Um, all right, let's get to the last matchup: Spurs versus Milan. This is, you know, th- this has Borfest written all oh, over it to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Both of these teams, by the way, are coming off of somewhat bad losses. Milan lost 2-1 to Fiorentina over the weekend. Spurs to Wolves 1-0. I'm just going to say, I, I know this This is like such a basic pick. I think the under two and a half it's, here is an absolute lock. It's so <laughs> I think obvious. it's an absolute lock. I, I feel so, I, I don't know. We'll get to our best bets, as I mentioned later. It sounds like we might be both be honest. It's one, It's minus 126. It's not that bad. This right. thing, to me, has one nothing written all over it. I, I One way or the other. Or nil-nil. Yeah. I, both these teams can't. I mean, Milan's going to park the bus. Yep. And and Spurs just absolutely struggle when anybody does that. So listen, if I if if this bet loses, I'll tip my cap. If it's a two one, whatever exciting game, that's great. I just don't see it that way. Yeah, I mean, the first like Tottenham had eleven shots worth point four expected goals. <laughs> that means each shot was worth you know about point oh four, which is less than half qu- the shot quality of an average shot. I mean, basically that's a lot of numbers to say what you know anyone who watched the game shot Tottenham had no good chances, um, and they haven't had many chances in almost any game. Like since the World Cup, they've only topped one and a half expected goals in a match one time since the World Cup. Like that's not good. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's so obvious that I almost don't want to play it. You know? I know it, it's it's like and, it's and the, the price classic. isn't bad either. So I, it feels like so much of a trap, but I don't know how I could justify anything else from this game. 
I'll round out the rest of it. So Tottenham to win. Obviously, this is at home in London. They're minus 110. The draw is plus 260. And AC Milan to win is plus 300. To qualify for the next round, Tottenham plus 116. AC Milan minus 144. Man, I, I don't I don't really particularly like a side. I'll tell you that right now. Nope. I think I do kind of like the draw plus two sixty. I know you've always talked about how you kind of like it when it's when it's closer to plus three hundred. Especially but, for for ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you're saying, you know, one one, nil, nil. Like I again, this is there's just gonna be so many, so few chances, I think. And I mean, even you talked about how low Spurs' uh XG was in the first matchup per shot. I mean, the one goal that Milan scored was like kind of fluky anyway. It was like kind of right. this ridiculous header early on in the game that was came off of a deflection. You know, they didn't they don't inspire too much confidence. I will say like in Milan's defense is really they did lose. They gave up two goals, as I mentioned, over the weekend at Fiorentina, but they have vastly improved since they went through kind of like that real crisis right after the start, right after the World Cup break and start of the new year. They are kind of back defensively. And, you know, I don't know, two teams I don't really trust particularly. And so I'll just go ahead and take the under. Yep, I'm going to be in the same boat there. Easy enough. All right. I got a couple of Europa League nuggets, Paul, before we go. I don't know if you have anything to to sprinkle in, but I got a couple here. um, This is all you. I'm going to clear out for you here. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is like a James Harden ISO. I'm just waiting everybody off. Um, I kind of like Roma to advance. And this could be the biased Roma fan in me, but this is Jose Mourinho loves knockout tournaments like this is this is what he lives for. You know, the league is one thing they are. they, They just beat Juventus. They're in the top four again after losing terribly to Cremonese the week before. Roma play Sociedad, who they haven't been in great form recently. Not a terrible team. Have some decent players. But um, I kind of like Roma here. They're plus 102 to advance. But they're plus 110 just to win this game at home. So I kind of like that as my first bet. Um, I'll stick with Serie A as well. Juve, the money line, and over one and a half goals is plus 108. That is against Freiburg. I would say Chiesa and Pogba are coming back healthy. That's an interesting one. And this is also after that loss to Roma. Kind of all Juve have to play for this season as well to try to get back into the Champions League. So I kind of like them to come out at home really strong in the first leg of, uh, of that match. And the last one here, Paul, if this is the time to fade Arsenal, I think this is the, 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 the one time you want to fade Arsenal. They're playing Sporting. Uh, sporting at home, plus 240. Well-drilled team. Arsenal, maybe they rotate guys. Obviously, coming off like a massive emotional high of that three-two comeback against Bournemouth that we talked about earlier, I think it's a decent spot. I'm not saying they're not going to win the tie overall, but I do think the first leg they could maybe potentially get 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 nipped there and 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 Sporting, which is some of those Portuguese teams are just tough to play against. So mm-hmm. those are three kind of bets that I sort of like in the Europa League. The Europa League is so fun because it's like so, there's so much randomness in it. It doesn't feel like there's really a lot of randomness in the Champions League and the Europa League. There's just all these teams from all these different leagues that nobody's ever even heard of, and then there's some big clubs in there as well, and they always get knocked off. It's kind of like the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament. So uh, those are the three bets I kind of like in the Europa League if you're if you're looking on uh, for some Thursday action to, to bet on. I don't mind the, the sporting play. I mean, I'm just very macro analysis. Like I feel like the Portuguese teams are almost always underrated in these knockout yeah. tournaments. And, and I get it because, you know, there's two, three teams and they're generally dominating uh, the rest of the league. So you're never quite sure how good they are. But they've gotten some pretty decent results uh, in Champions League this season. So that plus 240 seems like a pretty decent price for sporting at home. Okay. That time of the week. Let's get to our best bets, Paul. We are both hovering around 500 here. I went two and one last week. You went one and two. As we mentioned, just a horrible bet in the both teams to score over two and a half in the ah. Liverpool United game. You also lost the Forest money line. Man, Everton. Everton should have won that game. They should have. It's, really it's actually have. a huge yep. bummer, and it's probably going to potentially cost them staying in the Premier League. They were the better team. Uh, but, you know, I, I did like that bet, though, that you made last week because I just think like, you can trust Everton ever. And you also had the Spurs Wolves under two and a half, which I hopped on as well. That minus was 126. Yeah. So you're four and five overall in the season. You're down about, a, what, point? Just, just under uh, one unit. I'm five and four, just up about, a, you know, just under a unit as well. 
I had Napoli. They let me down for the first time, Paul. I, I was riding the bandwagon. They let me down. They actually lost straight up to Lazio, which was a terrible result for for my Roma squad. But I also hit the, the, the city money line and the under three and a half goals, which is plus 118. And then I hit the both the two bets that I was going between. I, they both hit. It was the Inter. They won 2-0 against Lecce. And then the Leeds Chelsea under two and a half goals hit as well. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to let you kick it off every week, Paul. What, what's your All first right. bet going up well, this week? I'll just start with the one I think we're both on. Tottenham Milan under two and a half minus 126. Yep. yep. Again, Harry Kane's the only one who can do anything for Tottenham, and they that's the best case scenario. Milan's gonna close up shop. Like Milan's fine with a scoreless draw. Sure, maybe they steal a goal. It's it's hard to see. This is gonna end up like three two somehow, but I don't see how they're gonna get to three goals between them. I totally agree. This is gonna be a snore fest, snooze fest for sure. And, you know, of course we'll probably be surprised and it'll be like it'll be two one in the first twenty minutes uh, yeah. and it'll be just up and down game. Happen. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm tra- I'm 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 backing you on that one. For I sure. was really surprised this line wasn't more like minus 150 or so. I really expected it to be like so extreme that I wasn't gonna take it. But at minus 126, I'm I'm still in. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. Um, if do, do you if Spurs do manage to like eat this out, do, do you do you like either the futures of either of these teams? Like, do you think they could make runs? I mean, I think defensively, you know. I guess you could say Milan is kind of solid, and like if Rafael Leao gets informed, depending on the matchup, like I'm, they're an interesting team to me. Spurs, I just I kind of just never trust them. I know they made the final a couple of years ago, but any any interest in them, like you know, to to, to make a deep run, or they, both these teams probably out in the next round. Oh, I think they're going to be out, I and mean, they're going to be underdogs. I think against pretty much if they run to like Benfica, like I would probably trust Benfica more than I would trust Tottenham or Milan mm-hmm. right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't really have much interest in the future on either one of these. Uh, all right, what's your second bet? All right, second bet. I am in the tradition of not trusting English teams. I'm going to go with Dortmund on the double chance at minus wow. 115. Again, I think Dortmund gets a goal, and I don't think Chelsea can score two. That's that's the super simple version of, of what I think we're going to see here. We haven't gone head-to-head too many times, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Chelsea, right. BVB, both Let's teams go. to score. Not not Chelsea to win, because, I, okay. again, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't trust them. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I do. Uh, I'm going to take both teams to score the over two and a half. That's plus one eighteen. I'm totally with you. Like BVB is going to score one. Maybe they score two. I think Chelsea score because they're going to have to push it. Like at the end of the day, like Chelsea, they can't just they, they can't just sit back for most of this game. I think from the early you know minutes of the game, they're going to have to go for it. So you know that's probably going to lead to goals one way or the other. And uh, I think even if like BVB you know go up two 0 or something, I still think Chelsea nip a goal back. So both teams to score over two and a half total plus one eighteen. Yep. All right. All right. My third one. I am going to go with Benfica, actually. I'm going to play on the goal line. So minus one, meaning they got to win by two. Minus 105. Uh, I just think that you know they're going to put the foot on the throat and Brugge's not going to have anything to reply with. So I like this game. But, I mean, I talked about leaning toward Bayern win, but I feel like that's just a lot more variable. I'd be pretty shocked if Brugge came up with anything in this contest. So I'll, I'll lay the goal. So I need Benfica to win by at least two, getting right around even money, minus 105. Just fading Scott Parker. You know, yep, I, that, that's kind of it. I mean, if he's, <laughs> he, he may get fired by the end of the game or the end of the week, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm staying away from that game just because I, I, you know, can't, I'm probably not going to be watching it. I don't typically like to even bet on games that I don't really watch. <laughs> so I'll just stay away from that one for sure. But I'm going to do it, Paul. I'm going to do it again. Okay. I'm going to take PSG double All chance right. over a half goal. I'm getting plus money on that. I think PSG get a result. I don't know if they win. I don't know if they end up winning, turn the tie. I don't think they overturn the tie, but I think they're going to score goals. Um, I don't really trust Bayern's defense at the back either. Again, like that that thirty minutes against Mbappe, like scared the shit out of me at the end of that yeah. game, and I think it should scare Bayern fans. Uh, you know, I could see this being a draw. I could see it being one one. I could see it being two two. 
I think there's goals. I think PSG push it. I like the plus money there. So PSG to either win or draw and over a half a goal. I would even take this over one and a half goal, which pushes it to what, plus 130. But just for the sake of our bet, I will, I will take the, the more simple one because I'm still getting plus money of just over a half a goal. So, um, man, I don't think we've ever disagreed more in a pod, Paul. I think it's okay. Like, I don't <laughs> mind it. <laughs> but but it's, uh, it's I, I don't know whether it'd be like excited or scared. I don't know. Who knows? We'll still come back next week, though, right? We'll still be here. We'll be back next week. Yeah, we'll be back next. That's actually a great tease because we'll be back next week for on Monday again to preview the four other, um, uh, the four others round of sixteen second legs. Also, if you have any, I've, a few people have been tweeting us questions. If you have questions for us, tweet them at us. Like we'll ask. Like we did the Serie A minute last week, although that turned into like three minutes. Um, if you've got stuff you want us to talk about or different topics or questions about betting or whatever, betting on soccer, shoot us uh, a tweet. I'm at Sarudi on Twitter. He's at Paul Carr C A R R. Uh, on the spelling there. So, Paul, I mean, listen, best of luck. I, I, once again, we have to apologize to our producer, Stefan Anderson, for putting him through what we put him through last week. But there will be better times for you, Stefan, as, as a new United fan. So That's right. United um, hosts, they host Southampton this weekend. So what could possibly go wrong? So, you know what's funny about that? I wrote down in my best bets, I wrote down minus one against Southampton, United plus 105. The only thing is, it's not the first game that they're going to play after that. They're going to play right. Batiste. They Europa League, yeah. Uh, but the only thing is, Batiste is actually not terrible. So, that they could potentially not get a result in that game. That game, I believe, is at Old Trafford, uh, again, in the Europa League. I, I don't, I want to see what the result is against Batiste first before I bet it, but I am interested in the minus one against Southampton because Southampton, they've won a couple games recently, but I think they're still terrible. So, yes. like, they're basically like James Ward Prowse, like, free kick and pray away from <laughs> getting results. Yep. So, I think United probably bounce back, but I'm going to wait on that one just to see what we see in the Batiste game. But, um, but yeah, all good. And, um, Appreciate everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all the good stuff. Like I said, we'll be back next Monday to preview the other four Champions League games. Uh, Best luck to everybody and their best, and we'll chat next week. See you. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.